Welcome to Humans of Magic. This week, we're kicking off a special series just for content creators. We're calling it The Art of Content Creation. In this series, we'll break down step-by-step the common questions and challenges that almost all creators face to help you improve at your craft. Part one of our series is called The Voice. No matter what you do as a creator, your personality matters. Your fans consume your content for you because they enjoy who you are in addition to all the information you provide. Your voice makes you special. Your voice makes you stand out. We'll be talking to magic content creators about voice, how they found it, how they think about authentic voice, and how they feel about using their platforms to speak out. Let's get started. Thank you for tuning in to the audio version of Humans of Magic. This project is a labor of love, and I do it on a part-time basis. I wanted to let you know about all the ways that you can support the project. Number one, tell a friend. If you like the content, please pass it on and let others know about the pod. I'm always looking for new listeners. Number two, subscribe to the Humans of Magic YouTube channel. The video version of the podcast is the best one because you can see my guests. You can see all their fun expressions and it's awesome. Go to humansofmagic.com and find all my social links there, including YouTube. That's humansofmagic.com. Last but not least, I have a Humans of Magic Patreon at patreon.com slash humansofmagic. Totally optional but your direct support goes a super long way. Patrons will have access to my exclusive Discord chat and will have the ability to suggest future guests. If you like the sound of that, head on over to patreon.com slash humansofmagic. Once again, thank you for being a fan and thanks for listening. Let's get to this week's episode. First, how do creators find their voice? Let's start with one of the most notable streamers in Magic today, Evar Aspiring Spike Muhan. Spike has a huge following of fans who watch his content, but how did he find his voice in terms of what competitive formats to play? Did you make any sort of conscious decision before you started streaming? Like, I want to stream a particular format. Like, I, I'm, I'm just kind of wondering your thought process on that. Or did you pick modern because it was like super popular already? Or like, what, what's your selection well, process? Well, when I started streaming, it was right after Modern Horizons 1 released. And this was like right when I was really getting interested in deck building. Um, I was I was one of the first person who was like working on Is It Phoenix and Modern, like right after Arc Like Phoenix came out. I played the SCG at Top 16 is it phoenix with faithful suiting and like that was like the first time like i built a deck and people were like this is a cool deck i like it and and i i found that to be really rewarding and when modern horizons one came out i'm like oh man i've got so many ideas on how to um on, on, on decks to build and I, I i built a bunch of decks and i started streaming them i started off with like this red green prowess deck with like scale up and dreadhorde archivist and then uh like i i ended up my my stream started to like grow when i started to play renin six and jund like i i feel like i was one of the, i was at least like one of the first person streaming renin six and in jund and people were really interested in watching that deck it was a lot of fun so i, I streamed modern for like the first maybe six months of my career and then 
But then they uh, banned Hogak, they banned Faithful Suiting, and then like the Urza Oko Mystic Sanctuary <laughs> Once Upon a Time uh, Mox Opal deck was the best deck on Magic Online, and it was really popular. And it was it was just impossible to like brew successfully in that format. There was like there were some linear decks that beat that deck, like Titan, but it like you you actually couldn't like you just couldn't like there was no fair deck that you could put together, no fair list that like had any any game against it, which was I think it actually played like four or five banned cards now. Um, so when that happened, Pioneer was actually fresh and coming out and new. So I, I was actually like a primarily a, a pioneer slash sometimes legacy streamer uh, slash trying occasionally dipping my toes back into modern for probably four, five, six months until until like Theros Beyond Death came out. And I thought Pioneer was great, so so good. Like and up until Theros came out. <laughs> Okay. And uh, and then like you had like a really interesting defined metagame in Pioneer. There's like a lot of cool decks, and then you had Thassa's Oracle, Uro, um, Heliod, and Underworld Breach printed, which all of a sudden made the the top four decks, the, the Uro decks, Heliod decks, Inverter, and then Lotus Breach, and then the Pioneer format like was a lot less interesting to me then. But then they also like right after that banned a lot of the cards in Modern that I was frustrated with. Um, mm. Oh, Mox Opal, uh, Oko. Um, and then I, I've been, I've been like, I've just been the most interested in modern since then. And I feel like it's kind of been hard to not be more interested in modern than other formats uh, lately, where you just have like, you know, Modern Horizons 2 is huge. Is I can't believe how good the set was. I, you know, I, I was, I was, you know, you know, one of the big, I was, I was probably the biggest modern only streamer um, going into Modern Horizons 2. There's definitely people, people bigger than me that played other formats too. But like just the whole time, like the existential dread, the ner- the pre-nerd rage, just like worried about how yep. Modern Horizons 2 was going to ruin the format. And the format was pretty fun leading up to it. It was like getting a little stale. Uh, sometimes you had like, you had that one week with like cascading into Valky. That was kind of awkward, but yeah. people were like really, um, were really worried about it. But it ended up being just like so dynamic and interesting. And I, I'm like, I'm like still like trying new things with the Horizons 2 cards almost a year later, which is crazy. Now let's talk to the Asian Avenger, who recently decided to branch out his voice beyond just the world of Magic the Gathering. Because I don't only like... Okay, this is... James, I don't want to lie to you and on all the listeners. And I, and I feel like this is the best episode, the best way to come out and clean in everybody. I actually do like things outside of Magic. I don't know if like that'll change. This might come as a shocker. I know. I know. I know. I'm shocked. Yeah. I'm utterly shocked. I'm, I'm looking at you, <laughs> and I'm just like, this guy Heaven is Heaven forbid he likes something else, right? <laughs> but, like, I decided, okay, I'm going to try to just talk about my other hobbies. Like, you know, showcase my love for other hobbies. Like, I, I love magic endlessly, but I love other things as much as I love magic, whether it be anime, uh, just card games, video games, horror games, right? Like, movies. Uh, specifically, the new thing to do is to hate Marvel movies, so I'm the I'm there to defend the 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 the, the Marvel movies from cinema Twitter. Uh, you know what I mean? So like I I am I have so many things yeah. that I love, and I feel like the ability to turn what you love and it sounds really bad and like sell outy, but like to monetize what you love and turn that into like you know a career or passion. Like why wouldn't I want to do that, right? So. That was it was in that moment when I realized like okay so Twitch is like taking a little bit of a dive on numbers so this is where I'm gonna experiment. The next segment is with Rebel Sun, 
who is a YouTuber and CDH advocate. Rebel is super intentional about how she builds content. Here she explains what her passion project, Untitled, is all about. Untitled uh, has been a thing I always wanted to do for like a really, really long time. Um, when I when I first made content for Alan of Mental Misplay on Instagram, I used to like, when we start playing Magic, I used to just start recording uh, on my phone when something funny is happening and I make like a funny little thing. But what I really liked about those videos is that it felt so immersive and personal where like, you know, we're seeing a moment of this game and there's a, a very emotional human connection to the game there. Um, and, and in my mind, I always wanted that for a whole game. I want to figure out how to do that. And, and I thought about it for months and months and months. Um, and I would think about like, do I use a GoPro? Do I, should I, I need, I need lighting and then I need to get like overhead and all this stuff. And then one day I was just like, shit, I'm just going to use my phone. I'm going to start recording and we'll see what happens. If it doesn't work, it doesn't work. And it works. It worked really well. Um, and, and every episode I film, I get better and better at that process. And, and the idea behind Untitled originally is just, uh, every, I think every commander gameplay channel, um, or, or every representation of commander gameplay to me never ex like truly uh, evoked the the feeling of being in an LGS right and and like I really wanted to, yes literally being there like the having like the sounds of the blender in the background like drowning out your audio because because as a as a, a video product it's just bad right like conceptually it just doesn't make sense for you to do that um, and and Untitled is basically an experimentation in how far, how far can I divorce the game and people will still pay attention to the story? Because uh, in my mind, if you're watching a commander game, like you can boot up a commander, any commander game on YouTube right now and watch it, you don't need to watch the board. You can just listen to it and you might be good enough because a lot of it is just like overhead with cards and then like you have to watch everything and eventually if you're like me you lose attention because my, my attention span is very very small right so the experimentation there is like i want to i want to represent the feeling of being there and i also want to i want to experiment what if you never even saw the board what if you're there for the people right what if just seeing the people and seeing what they're saying and seeing what they're doing you're able to actually track the story better by seeing that than, than actually seeing the game, right? Next up is Pleasant Kenobi, a YouTuber focused on Magic and Warhammer 40k content. He's a great observer and talks to us about how to stand out amongst the crowd. With over 100,000 subscriptions on YouTube, PK definitely knows what he's talking about. I guess I, I, always, wanted to, I always wanted to put stuff out there, whether it be uh, commentary or criticism or reviews or very early on it is i want to be a writer and stuff and like write fiction and things so that in some ways is good because that motivated me to do it but i think most people who pick up trying to make content they want one of two things or maybe both they want to put something out there that's created by them but they also want some recognizability and some i guess clout to use a word that's often negative um i assume both yeah. of those are part of it i assume both of those are part of it 
Something I've learned recently, though, from seeing some creators who have blown up, who have put, like, their production value is, just, is like, minimal or, or non-existent, is that sometimes you can, you can get away if you've got a strong video idea or a good thumbnail title to go with it. You can just mm-hmm. put stuff out there and it's fine. Like, like Jenny Nicholson is a, um, a commentator who does a lot of, like, Disney and media commentary stuff. And her videos are literally her on a bed talking to camera with zero, yeah. literally zero on-screen additions, right? She just cuts it. But she's so good. Her scripts are so good, and what she says is so good. Plus her titles and thumbs, that 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 helps. And then like um, All Specs Tactics is a Warhammer YouTuber who is absolutely blown up, and his stuff is just PowerPoint presentations. But people who don't like him mock. But I'm like, no, he gives so much information on screen at any one time, even if it looks a bit. Sh- mm-hmm. If we're honest, it looks a bit shit. That's the joke. He's like, oh, his videos look like shit. But he gives the information in such a pure and easy to understand way that he has done something that no one else is doing, and that has blown up. And what I think yeah. from that is, like, we can talk about, you know, how you're cutting, your rhythm of your energy, your, how you use your music. But some people just find a secret source that is different. They're just doing something so out there and different to other people that mm-hmm. people resonate with it mm-hmm. and stick to it and then love it and then become devoted fans and stuff. Now we've got Sam of Ristic Studies, one of the biggest magic YouTubers around. Sam is all about the art of the Vorthel's video essay. And here he describes his process. He also cautions us about doing the cookie cutter stuff that can be a trap for creators. There's no such thing as writing without a voice in my, in this current thing I'm doing now. So, um, so I'm always saying how it would potentially sound. Um, Josh Lee Kwai, going back to Josh, like a month ago, tweeted out a kind of thread about how, like, if you really want to take this seriously, work on your performative skills. When I sit and narrate a, a video, it is like, it's it's a performance. Uh, certain certain sentences sound way different if you read them with just a slightly different intonation. So I'm always thinking about the performance elements, you know, um, and it has to sound good. Sometimes I'll shift words because they don't pronounce well. They might read really well, but then I go to pronounce them, and you know, like bilabial consonants collide with another bilabial or an N and a T yeah. gets transferred in a bad way. You know, yeah. all those logistics really matter. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, that's kind of, if you think I'm, I, I am just, here's another th- phrase I always say, like how you do anything is how you do everything. Like I'm super critical and really, I pay attention to the details in everything I do, including writing and maybe too meticulously mm-hmm. uh I, I look at my own stuff so so yeah there's all those tricks but um but yeah the, the, it has to be it has to be it has to be able to be read well and it has to flow um and and i'm always doing that while i'm writing so that so i have to actually be alone when i'm writing because i'm talking out loud all the time right mm-hmm. <laughs> if you write a hit and the audience loves the hit, you have that choice in the road of like, do I make more songs that sound like this? Or do I keep doing that thing that really, you know, produced the hit in the first place? And that's where I think a lot of folks go wrong in all creative work, is that they want to keep satisfying the audience. It's why like one of my favorite bands keeps playing the song that they that put them on the map 15 years ago, 20 years ago at every show. And I'm like, what are you guys doing? Why are you playing that song still? Like, stop that. You but it's are, what the people you, want, right? <laughs> yeah, but that I hate that. Don't give them what they want. Give them something that they didn't know they wanted. And that's a different thing too. So like I am, I champion the last two videos. I think they were a lightning in the bottle and they were um, less research intensive and more sort of, you know, sentimental in a sense. Uh, but 
but the next video I'm doing is really way it's like if that was the heart speaking the next one's the mind speaking it's very academic it's very like critical it's not at all like the last two and I wanted to make a concert like a concerted effort to to stay true to what I felt was important and again being a fan of like creative work I'm always I'm always happiest when I'm surprised and challenged by new ideas rather than like the fan service stuff I, I find boring. It could be fun at, at, at the front and then it gets really boring or it gets really not disrespectful, but I feel like I came to you all to challenge me not to like, you know, if, if I want to be like yeah. happy without bounds, I'll go eat a cookie. But like right. I come to your music because it like changes the way I f- think about yeah. the world, right? Yeah. So I, my favorite thing ever is is when I listen to a song and I think, oh God, that song is horrible. It's it's tremendous. And then I listen to it the tenth time and I'm like, this is marvelous and this is a masterpiece and I'm mm. so glad it grew on me. Mm. So if I so if I can ever do something that it, at the front is really grating or bad or somebody dismisses and then comes back two three years later and says, oh. I see what you were doing here. That is like, <laughs> that is way better to me than an instant classic or whatever. Now let's talk about authentic voice. What does it mean to be authentic and true to yourself? It certainly seems to be an important quality to have as a creator. Here we talk to Talia Vess, who is a magic and lifestyle creator. And she talks about how important it is to just be yourself. Of course, there are people that are successful in content creation that have other personas and, you know, they're like playing a character and they just like take whatever deal they can get. And but that was never my approach, like my approach from the beginning I was just very open and honest with people and I was my authentic self. And I think that they're like, I think that that to me personally is like more what I look for in content creators as well is like, I just want somebody that can be your friend. You know, like I want to connect with the community. I want to meet you at these events. I want to play games with you. You know what I mean? It's like, it's just different. I think that there are some bigger streamers that are like, no, you're not my friend. And like, you just watch me play games and and that's okay. There's a, there's a market for that too. But like everything that I do, I do it from a genuine place. And I would never like take, even if it's a paid deal, like I'm not going to take a paid deal. And I've declined a lot. Uh, If it's something that I would not want my community to like i don't know experience like or... experience or like i don't i just it doesn't feel good you know what i mean like i there's there's no right or wrong it's just like what i personally uh feel comfortable doing mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and i guess that and is I, my yeah. brand is like because i i probably should work on like the the brand of Talia Vest, but I feel like right now it's just being real with people and like authentic. Yeah. That's so. probably the most sustainable <laughs> and, and honestly the most sustainable way. Right. Cause like, then you don't have to think about it. You don't have to have like board meetings with your, I don't know, your, your staff and be like, who am I going to be this week? Or who do I need to, what do I yeah. need to do next week? What kind of drama do I need to start next month? You know, it's just like, yeah, no thanks. it's just you. Right. Yeah. 
Yeah, I'm just sharing life, you know, like I'm sharing my love of magic. I'm sharing my love of coffee and food and uh, traveling and, you know, just things I'm genuinely passionate about. I want to share that with people and, you know, and, and even like things like pop culture, like books I'm reading or, you know, shows I'm watching or whatever, like. I just love connecting with people and talking about stuff like that. Next up is Tappy Toklaus, one of the biggest magic cosplayers and creators around. What I love about Tappy is her candor and complete lack of filter. Here, she breaks down what authenticity means for her. Is there something that as a creator, like you try to leverage in those moments? Like for example, when you get the game nights and you suddenly you have more people that know about who Tappy Toe Claus is. When there's those kind of like highlight points in your creator journey, is there something specifically that you try to do to, to grow or to leverage? Or is it just like, it just comes? I think, um, I mean, obviously I guess like in, in the back of my like psychological reptile brain there maybe is something that i do but i think when like when you get that influx of eyes on you i think the best thing you can do is just like be the most genuine version of yourself like whether that is good or bad again because i'm kind of a hot mess like uh obviously uh on on game nights it didn't happen because of the way that game nights is is made but the way that uh shuffle up and play is purposely made like i mean i am playing like the messiest bitch on shuffle up and play and so people who are coming to my twitter or my instagram or my tiktok or like whatever my twitch or whatever like you just kind of own it right like i think it's kind of important to just be like because you don't want to like you don't want to try to sell people who are coming to your content on a in inauthentic maybe yeah yeah. Authentic is absolutely the word I was looking for. Uh, uh, pardon my sudden onset aphasia. But yeah, like you don't want to sell them on the inauthentic version of yourself. Like one, if they came to your stuff from your video or your article or whatever have you that they saw you on, they're coming for what they saw of you that you liked, that they liked. And then either what they saw of you was like not truly you, in which case like then why would you really want them there? Or like what they saw of you is what they liked. So then you just kind of like lean into it. Like, yes, I play messy storm decks and I don't know all of my combos um, because I, I, I like to say that I build Ferraris and I pilot them like a drunk 12 year old. Um, and, and that's just kind of it. Like, I think just like kind of living, just being like, Hey, here's, here's what I am. And you don't obviously have to bear like all of your messy truths, but I feel like, being at least authentic to yourself and being authentic to, I I think also like it's, it's also kind of being authentic to your values. Like every time that I'm on a new show or whatever, I get new followers and then, you know, some horrible thing happens in the American political system. And I'm suddenly tweeting about politics and people are like, I didn't follow you for politics. And I'm like, cool, then bye. Like trans rights are human rights. And I think women should have right to their healthcare. Bye. Don't let your don't yeah. door hit you on like whatever on your way out, right? Like right. I'm not gonna like I'm not gonna change who I am fundamentally because I want like ten more followers. Are you kidding me? Like that's just what a like. Yeah. I, I, and unfortunately, like, I think there are some people who think that they have to sanitize themselves 
to mm-hmm. like make it and to like get popular but like the people who find you for who you are are the people that will stay and those are the people who are mm-hmm. like worth keeping around right i think the authenticity is really hard though because um there is a maybe this is my bias right i do feel like in magic in the magic of course like community can be defined different ways cuz like communities are also different on different platforms like magic subreddit is pretty toxic and then magic twitter is probably a little bit better and then maybe like magic on facebook is also a different beast right so it's hard it's always hard to generalize but i also feel like there is a kind of like kind of almost like approved position in magic like you know like let's just let's just like i think i think magic the the online community is generally more like left-leaning so i'm also wondering like is it is it hard to like not have certain or to have like have you had positions that are like not popular and have you thought about like expressing yourself or not expressing yourself because of um the potential blowback you know like i'm sure that comes into effect every time no matter how small or big you are as a creator when you when you do something publicly i think part of it depends on like what platform you're on too and like like obviously like there are parts of like there are absolutely parts of magic twitter that i'm sure they hate me because i'm like a gay woman who screams about trans rights and abortions so like i'm sure reddit doesn't like me i have a friend who checks once every once in a while about what they're talking about me on reddit and she doesn't tell me about it she just makes sure that it's not bad enough like whatever Uh um so i think there's a little bit of that is like the parts of the community that i want to be a part of are the parts that i'm a part of um like my I know there are people who have just really noxious fucking, like, Twitch streams, like, Twitch chats. I don't have one. I don't know why that is. Um, I I just don't. Um, if somebody comes in and they're shitty, my mods ban them. Um, mm-hmm. I remember when I was doing, uh, there was a period of time during the, uh, um, during the full lockdown when all of the magic events like that were on the docket still with channel fireball went virtual and channel fireball had them uh on twitch and they had hired content creators in to like come and um like talk basically and do the commentate do the commentating Mm -hmm. and i was with william huey jensen and that poor man did not know uh what happened uh to him he did then like ask to get put back with me uh on there and i think that was my first exposure to like a like like a like a more like just a larger stream just a stream that you can't moderate because my again i i I have no like delusion about like my level on twitch i get between like 80 and 30 twitch viewers like per stream whatever it's very very respectable but like it's fine uh, whereas with the Channel Fireball one, it's, you know, several hundred or a thousand or whatever. And every once in a while, there'd be somebody who'd be like, this girl doesn't know anything about magic, blah, 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 or whatever. And, like, the mods would be trying to ban them. And I'd be like, no, no, let them tell them that to my, like, bring that to my face. Like, what, what are they talking about? Like, and they'd be like, they'd be like, well, she needs to talk about magic more. And instead, she's talking to Huey Jensen about lactobacillus acidophilus and some kind of weird microbiology thing. And I'm like, it's the third freaking fires match. It's it's the third yeah. fires like mirror match that you've seen in in two hours, right? You single person in chat who I'm now calling out because and the channel fireball people are like, please, Tabby, do not fight with chat. I'll say I'll fight with chat. I'll do it. I'm not afraid. 
I will do it all day. I'm bigger than them, and I can yell. <laughs> they cannot because they're in chat. And they're, right. like, they're like tapping, tapping right. but tapping, tapping dogs. I have the megaphone. They do not. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, right? And I was like, I don't know. Using your platform to speak out, to voice your voice. Someone wise once said, with great power comes great responsibility. Let's kick things off by talking to Alan of Mental Misplay, an EDH streamer and interviewer. The glaring difference is realizing that 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 my words have weight and that they count. Uh, they matter. They matter to me. They matter to other people. People will listen. Uh, I try not to be negative. That's the most important part. And that's something I learned very early on. Uh, something I know from just me and who I am, uh, people, people listen to me and take what I have to say seriously. Um, when I'm serious, when I'm serious about something like people take it to heart. Right. So that's something I learned really quickly is like not to, not to pop off. Right. Cause it's very serious. Um, but I've also like, that like you know oh 98% boner jokes is like I, that's also come from 30 years of learning when not to make boner jokes right <laughs> so so that's like like i've i just like there's so many instances of my mind of like saying the wrong thing in the wrong time and like looking back like all like like the the meme of like staying awake at night with the one time you said the one thing you shouldn't and like wanting to tear your own skin off because of how embarrassed you are about it like that's like like everything behind me forever of everything i've or, or everything i've ever said is 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 doing that you know in a continuous internal monologue right so so learning how to yes yeah, say say things correctly is is really important yeah it's just there's more more voice more more platform more more people know who i am and and that and and if i say something serious they might listen you know is, is something i really try to take uh take to heart all right let's go back to pleasant kenobi who is all about leaning into the important social issues of the day even when it's hard especially when it's hard I can be quite brash with how I am about social issues. Sometimes if someone's just going to be like a complete dickhead, if someone comes into the chat and tells me they voted Tory because they think it's the right thing to do, I'm not going to react very well to that. But I do think that hopefully when I'm not being brash and I'm being more open about it and doing videos that are a bit more rational and well-reasoned, I hope that does help young, impressionable men or men who are looking to understand the world. And I am saying men. I'm saying white men that watch my channel at this point. That's what I'm talking about, really. I'm hoping they get some yeah. information or some insight that is different to what they're used to. We had an example of this. Okay, I'll share this real quick. I won't say any names or anything like that. We had someone who was banned from my Discord once for being um, transphobic. Um, and they came back eventually, and there's a big hole Do we let them back in and stuff. And it turned out that actually they, they were not straight themselves, but they didn't really understand and they were coping with it because they didn't know any gay people in their personal life. Um, and they'd only just start to meet them. Mm -hmm online through the magic community not just my discord but other magic communities too and that person because mm -hmm. of their upbringing didn't have any context to understand any of that sort of stuff so if you give them a place to work through mm -hmm. it although we didn't we banned them temporarily but, but it gives mm -hmm. them a place to learn how other people are and stuff mm -hmm. and i think a lot of creators i think creators have a duty to do that 
I think people who stay out of politics, mm -hmm. I know it's for their brand and for their business and also get that bag and support your house and your family and pay your mortgage. But also there's like a moral obligation, in my opinion, to at least fear in and give voices to other people. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. Oh God, how much stick am yeah, I going to get for this? Because um, people are going to say I'm not, I'm not having enough people. I don't do a lot of guest spots on my channel at the moment just because I'm really badly organized. So I'm going to get so much stick for not having enough guests on them. Like, uh, but, you know, I try where I can. Has identity politics or being more careful or sensitive around these such issues? Has it become more pronounced in the last couple of years? Because I, I, I'm just saying, even as someone who consumes content, it appears to be, but I don't know, like, yeah, if you have I any think thoughts just, on that. People are just more aware of this stuff, right? It's becoming much more talked about and open to conversation, like using pronouns and bios and on screen, which is a sticking point for some people for some bizarre reason, but it's just a more accepted thing to do now, which... Once the conversation is completely open, it alienates less people who who need that tool to present in the way they want to present. So absolutely, it's more of a thing now. Absolutely. But I think that's because we're becoming more socially conscious. And by we, I kind of mean the magic community and some gaming spheres. Because Warhammer is still several steps behind this when you see, like, the attitudes towards this stuff and the language people use at events and things. People were just dropping, like, the R slur, like, around me at the Warhammer event. I'm like, oof, oof. Like... Like, with these people I don't know and stuff, it's just, it's, where a magic event just doesn't happen because the culture is so much, well, it does happen, but the culture is so much better. Um, so, yeah, I, I think it has become more pronounced, but that's only because we're learning to deal with this stuff and society is veering in theory towards that more progressive idea as right-wingers get elected in Germany and France and whatever. So maybe that, uh, Italy, Italy's the recent one, isn't it? So it's funny for me to Italy, say that. Yes. Like, yeah, I'm saying this perhaps in my terminally online in, in digital and gaming spaces. And then in the real world, actually, the average man and woman working in the day job is actually voting in hold, not that. Um, but yeah, it is more pronounced, yes. but I think that's important. I think that's a good thing. I think that's generally a good thing because mm -hmm. it opens people up to, to meeting people that they've never met before. Right? A lot of this stuff normally comes from people who are hostile towards people who that aren't like them. So they've never spoken to people that aren't like them. They are literally living, mm -hmm. like, you know, I, yeah. So I think it's a good thing. I think it's a good thing. Next, I want to introduce you to Veggie Wagon, who is one of Magic's premier comedians when it comes to singing, dancing, and just making you laugh out loud. For Veggie, however, speaking out is no laughing matter. I feel that anybody that has the privilege of being able to be a content creator, to call themselves that or whatever, whatever adjacent term, anybody that is privileged enough to do that, whether as a hobby or for a living, needs to give back. This means that you have a community that is supporting you, uh, what, how, whatever the size, and without those people, you would not be able to do what you do. And so when something happens, like the recent Supreme Court ruling that threatens the people in your community, then you have a responsibility to help. It is, it is one of the biggest gifts that I've ever gotten to be able to do this at whatever capacity that I am doing it at with whatever, whatever sort of audience that I do have if I'm, if I'm not doing something, if I'm not doing what I can do in, in these moments, then I don't, I don't feel that I deserve to be, to be doing this. You know, anybody can be funny. Uh, anybody can 
make a video and put it on the internet. Um, anybody can play a game. But if so many people are willing to say, hey, we like you, we like what you're doing, and we want to help you to continue to do it, then I want to make sure that I say thank you by my actions. Life, life is hard right now. The world is scary and depressing um, for everybody, but I'm part of everybody. It's, it's, uh, life is hard for me. Uh, the world is scary and depressing for me. And if I don't do anything, then that makes it that much harder to keep going. You know, it makes it that much harder to, to fend off that like overwhelming darkness. And so doing things like this, even though it, it you know, like there, there are, there were plenty of other, um, plenty of other events that like by the numbers uh what what i was able to do was drop in the bucket but i helped somebody you know we helped somebody and and that helps to keep me going you know that helps to recharge that light inside of me uh to help you know defend against the the rest of the world Last but not least, let's go back to Tappy Toe Claws, cosplayer and creator. Oh, did I mention that Tappy is not afraid to speak her truth? Do you feel pressure to say things about certain issues or? I, I think less. On... Is there a nudge? I, I don't, or... I mean, maybe there's a nudge, but I think if there's a nudge, it's because I have a community that I've built up on, like, the assumption that I am, like, supportive or, like, like it, it's a community that I have that I feel like I should support. Mm -hmm. And it's a community that, for whatever reason, I have built it up for something that I did. And so if I feel mm -hmm. pressure from the community that I built up, that's still, like, I... Obviously, like, I was still somehow the inside. Kind of justified in yeah, a way, right? the inside yeah. force about this. Like, it's a community that supports me. So right. why would I not support this community that I have now built? Right? Like, I feel like I have it's a It's reciprocal. That's yeah, what you're I'm, saying. I'm responsible yeah. for them. Likewise, if I had a community that was, like, suddenly, you know, if, if my Twitch chat suddenly raided somebody else and they were fucking horrible to that person, I would feel responsible for that, too. Like, I would feel responsible to say something or try to correct because again like obviously i didn't i didn't say any of those bad things that my twitch chat did but at the same time all of these people were following me and they somehow coalesced around me as a personality and then i sent them somewhere mm -hmm. and they did horrible mm -hmm. things like mm, that's there there's there's a there's a do you, do you think somewhere sure i don't think it's like beyond a content creator's like scope of things in any community. Again, like I play, we play a children's card game. Like it's not that complicated, but at the same time, I think, I think that's, I, I do think that's kind of a little bit about the, like, do I need to say something kind of situation? Like, do I need to yell that like trans women are women or that like, Hey, here's some of the actual scientific data on, abortion and what that situation actually looks like uh like do i need to no but at the same time 
I think I have enough eyes on me and I have enough people who are for better or worse, like impressionable to what I think and what, and who see me as someone of esteem that they'll listen to. So yeah, I, I absolutely think that it's not unreasonable to say that. Like, obviously I maybe wouldn't go so far as to like, I have absolutely uh, motivated my Twitch communities and my Twitter communities to like get involved in their local politics and make sure that like they're, you know, the person that they're potentially voting for school board is somebody that they want on there. I wouldn't necessarily like be like, Hey, like this is the person, but obviously I mean, my mm -hmm. politics, I, I'm not quiet about the fact that my positive politics do like very left. Um, uh, but mm -hmm. I would never tell somebody exactly how they need to vote or something like that. But I think mm -hmm. it's reasonable to be like, Hey, especially as a scientist too, like, Hey, here's the data. Like, here's the facts about this thing. And if you mm -hmm. want information on how to find the facts, this is what you should do. And there you have it. I hope you've enjoyed this compilation on the creative voice. If you've enjoyed this video or some part of it, please drop a comment below. I would love to fine tune future series for your maximum enjoyment until next time. This is humans of magic signing off.